Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Well, well, here we go. The message of the day. The message of the day. You know, I've given a lot of thought about what I wanted to say on my first, on my first Sunday here at Unity uh, in an official capacity, not just as a guest speaker, which I was last fall a little bit. And... Um, Boy, it feels like part of what I wanted to do is I wanted to tell you every bit of wisdom I have ever acquired in my whole life just in one talk. And uh, well, we've got years to do that for me to impart all the wisdom I've acquired over the years. But I want to be, um, I, I, I want to acknowledge first and foremost this, this idea that we are living in a principle. And New Thought stands for, I mean, unity. Centers for Spiritual Living, which is a religious science, divine science, we all understand and are working from the same principal idea, and the only thing that differentiates us really is language. Language is really the only thing. I mean, the, there are minor approaches that are, that are different, and you know, some, will, some, some, of, some of the philosophies will rely more on one idea than on another idea, but ultimately what I am here to do is, I, my goal, as, uh, you know, as, as Karen mentioned in my, uh, in my introduction, that my vision personally in my, in my ministry is to awaken all people to the understanding that they are this infinite divine power. And that ultimately is the principle. And we utilize this power, we utilize it for the good of our lives, for the good of every single person out there, if we choose to utilize it in that manner. And I wanna be very clear, not everybody chooses to utilize the power in that manner. But that's the way that I choose to approach it. That's the lesson that I am going to teach is that we should all align ourselves with utilizing this power, this presence for the good of all humanity. And it starts right here within each and every one of us. Right in this moment. When I have visited Unity in the past and have been a guest speaker, um, there was an interesting moment that I had that you actually phrase what we learn as divine principle in almost exactly the same way that we utilize when we're, when we're learning ministry in the religious science side of new thought. And it is this, we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. And that's the whole teaching. And when we truly get that, when we truly embody that, then we can all go home because you're not gonna need Sunday mornings anymore. You're gonna know who you are and you're going to proceed accordingly. So unity, centers for spiritual living, divine science, whatever, whatever your approach is, it's all the same concept. It's all the same principle. We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. It's the vernacular that truly is differentiating us. This song, this song written by my friend Amy Steinberg, and I'm so grateful. I call, well, I didn't call her. I sent her a message on Facebook. And I said, Amy, I want to sing this song. <laughs> and, and, uh, or I want you to sing this song. Actually, here's what I said. I said, Amy, I want you to sing this song. So I would love for you to put yourself on video because while we are going to be virtual, I could actually have her as a guest singer, right? And she said, I don't have the time to do that. Okay, she's actually starting her own spiritual community, uh, and, and she's actually starting today, um, 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time. She's doing her first virtual, uh, her vir first virtual celebration. 
So she didn't have time to do it. And she said, well, I can send you the chart. And I think she forgot, but I never followed up, so that's on me. <laughs> and so I'm grateful to Linda for putting that chart together and, uh, and, and making that song a reality for me. But this lyric, this lyric in the song, once you know where your freedom lies, you can't go back and close your eyes. You know, it's uh, many, many spiritual people have said that once you know, you can't not know. Once you have been illuminated, once you have been awakened, you can never go back to sleep because you know at that moment. So once you know where your freedom lies, you can't go back and close your eyes. The truth cannot be denied. The truth cannot be denied. So it brings up for me this question. I, I question the lyrics always when I sing them. It brings up for me this question, what is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth? Now, I have a particular approach to my understanding of what I think truth is, and I think we all can say, I, I think we can all say we think we know what our truth is. Can you say you know what your truth is? I think so. You think so? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Karen? I hope so. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, for me, I carry the truth rooted in that divine principle that there is only one thing going on, spirit. We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed by our use of a spiritual law of cause and effect. And moving forward from that, in that truth lies freedom. I have found myself unburdened by embodying to the degree that I continue to work to embody that truth, I have found freedom. Freedom is ultimately rooted in our volition because we can look at that and say, I see those words. I see those words, but do I know them as my truth? And we are in a place of choice around whether or not we express them or experience them or embody them as the truth. So the truth, the truth about freedom is that it is rooted in volition. It is rooted in choice. Who do you decide to be? Who do you choose to be? How do you choose to express in this world? Because those things in the world of circumstance, those things in the world of form, the way we choose to express, the way we choose to be, the way we choose to unfold, the way we choose, ah, <sighs> Those are the things that actually allow the truth, the light of truth to shine forth from each and every one of us, our own unique individualization of truth. The nature of Christ consciousness, which is love consciousness, that's what Christ consciousness is, is that deepest understanding that we are the light, just as the song says. We are the love, we are the power, we are the peace, we are the beauty, we are the joy, we are life. That is the nature of Christ consciousness. That is what Jesus was here to teach. That is what he was here to teach. But you know what can happen is we can so quickly diminish in our own minds those principles, those ideas, that understanding when we align ourselves with form. And I see it happening all over the world right now. I see it happening all over the world right now. There is a lot of fear that is being proliferated in various ways, in the news, on social media, in so many different venues, the ways we get our information about what's happening in the world. There is so much fear around what is happening in the world. You know, and, and, and my whole approach is to say we must not allow ourselves to be rooted in fear. You know, I, th there, was a, there was a minister... Um, who reached out 
on one of the various uh, services that, where I'm connected with other ministers. And they said, I can't believe that there are people who are actually you know, not allowing their communities to gather together. And isn't that against what we teach in New Thought? Isn't that an affirmation of the fear? And I had to give that a lot of thought, and I thought to myself, you know what, no. No, I am also rooted in the understanding of the scientific aspects of what's happening in the world. And for us to make this choice right now is actually a choice that is made out of love. It is made out of caring for this community. And I think that we really must allow ourselves to take that to heart. So, the volitional work, the choice work for each and every one of us is to be love. That's our work to be love. And as we are that magnificent vibrational creative energy of love, we make choices rooted from that conscious awareness. Love is the causative energy of creation. Love is the causative energy of creation. So our work is to align as love only. And therein lies the work. In what way are you choosing to express yourself in and as love today? The work and its work. So those of you who are not used to me yet, <laughs> I want to say, this stuff is work. And if you put it to work, what you will find at some point is it no longer is work because you've embodied a new idea, you've embodied a new habitual consciousness, you've embodied a new way of being, and so the good simply flows forth in your sphere, in everything that you experience, the good simply flows forth. But we must be willing, we must do the work first. So the work is accomplished through spiritual practice. Prayer is one method. Now, in, <laughs> I, I told myself I wasn't gonna do this, right? So in unity, we very clearly call it affirmative prayer, yes? And in, in religious science, we clearly call it spiritual mind treatment. And so I'm going to probably refer to it moving forward as prayer treatment. Prayer treatment. Because that's how I understand it. Prayer is not me, <laughs> prayer is not me doing this, please make something happen, no. Prayer is me knowing who I am to such a degree that I speak the words of the divine knowing that they are what flows forth in the expression of my life. I speak not to God, I speak as God, for we are that infinite power and presence. That is rooted in the consciousness of love only. So prayer is one method that works. We did some meditation earlier. Meditation is a beautiful way to, to engage spiritual practice. We can utilize affirmations. We can use, utilize visioning. We can utilize any number of sources. But here's what I'm going to encourage you to do is find what works for you. Find what works for you because treatment, or not treatment, because technique is anything that works. Technique is anything that works. So what works for you? Prayer treatment works really well for me. That's what I have found. It works so well for me. I love to allow myself to root into the structured form of prayer treatment. And as I am in alignment with the good, I know that when I speak the prayer, that it is answered instantaneously. So our work is to engage in spiritual practice 
with this collective choice. This is what I'm going to call to each and every one of us to do. Live in this collective choice that love outweighs the fear we are experiencing in the world right now. And as we do this consciously, as we engage our spiritual practice to do this consciously, you know what happens? Everything in the world, that fear dissipates. There's no longer any reason for it to, to maintain itself in our experience. So where is your focus? On love or on fear? Love or fear? This is not a place where I'm going to say, well, if you're in fear that I have judgment around you, I have no judgment. It's a call for us to allow ourselves to freely and effortlessly, without self-judgment, attain clarity. Because if we are not aware that we are in fear, then we cannot easily do the work to move to love. So it's simply about becoming aware, finding the clarity within our own minds, within our own minds that says, oh, I recognize this way in which I am afraid, in which I'm living in fear, and I know what to do about it. I know how to address it. I was saying before we started today that I actually had, it's for the first time in about, uh, it was, I mean, I became a minister in 2011. And for the first time in nine years, I actually had a little like anxiety about this because it's such a different paradigm and a different paradigm. And everything is like not in alignment with what I thought it should look like. Oh, there's another thing. The things we think, the things that happen in the way we think they should happen, right? Well, this is where we are. And I had to do the prayer treatment work. I had to allow myself to come to that place of clarity, to let that fear go and move into this consciousness of love. I believe that we all have the capacity to embody love more, to live the path of love, which is Christ consciousness. I've written one song in my life. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll show it to you someday. I've written one song in my life, and it's a song, the lyrics, uh, basically the title of the song and many of the lyrics are lead with love. When we are leading with love, we are rooted in that Christ consciousness and everything in the world, everything in our sphere shows up accordingly. Now, there are a couple things that are happening also in alignment with this thing that's happening in the world that are, these are the aspects of various religious and philosophical spiritual ideologies. Today is Palm Sunday, right? So it's the beginning of Holy Week. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Palm Sunday later, but I want to acknowledge that this week coming up will also be Passover. Passover is a celebration about emancipation from domination. Now, in form, Passover is about the Israelites' emancipation from Egyptian slavery. Now, I've also learned in my life that Passover can mean for me personally, metaphorically, an emancipation from that fear. An emancipation, and emancipation is an inside job. We experience what we are equal to. And then everybody's going to say, well, why are we all having this experience now? Are you saying, are you blaming us for that? And I'm saying, no, no. We experience what we are equal to. And the way that we address through love those things which we would rather not experience is the next tenet that I want to talk about today, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the ultimate emancipation. 100% of spiritual growth is in letting go. When we let go of the grip of circumstances in our consciousness, we arrive at infinite freedom. Freedom, freedom, 
Freedom. Forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is key for ourselves and others. So forgive everything. Forgiveness releases the grip of anything we may be dragging from our past into our present. When we live in forgiveness, it allows us to move forward. And so for me, the notion, the metaphorical understanding of the Passover is that it is an emancipation, it is a mental emancipation from the slavery that we have taken upon ourselves to live in a place free of the absent forgiveness. So let us all make a choice today to live freely through forgiveness. And so today being Palm Sunday, now I'm going to go back to the other one. <laughs> today being Palm Sunday and the metaf- metaphysics of this day is this idea. We're rooted in truth. We are rooted in truth. We are rooted in a truth that underlies everything. And the truth that underlies everything is this. We are the power. I want you to breathe into that. Just take in a breath as I say this again. We are the power. Take in a breath. We are the power. We are the power. When we know who we are, when we know who we are, there is no need to boast. Our work is to be. Our work is to be. I was joking with some friends of mine, uh, well, when this all unfolded, and I knew that I was going to be coming here, and you know, the, the, that was about six weeks ago now uh, that, that this kind of all unfolded, and at that time, we didn't know that we weren't going to be meeting in person. And I kept joking with people saying, you know, uh, it's perfect that my first Sunday is going to be Palm Sunday, because maybe what I should do is I should go find that colt of a donkey and ride in like Jesus did, riding into Jerusalem, Understanding that that metaphor is that Jesus was arriving humbly. And as they sang Hosanna around him and they laid the palm out in front of him to make his path, his work was not to boast. His work was to be. When we are called to be, our work is to know power, to understand power, to embody power, not to exert power. So the question today becomes then this, the title of my talk. Who are you called to be? Who are you called to be? In these extraordinary times, and and I'm gonna be totally blunt with you, in these extraordinary times, the answer may seem elusive, and sometimes it's felt elusive to me. I've had my ups and my downs through this experience, but I know that I have at my disposal the tools to move me through those times when I have taken a dip. You are greater than any circumstance you are experiencing. You are greater than any circumstance you are experiencing. Once you know where your freedom lies, the truth cannot be denied. You are the light. You are the light. You are the light. There's a great quote that I found that is in alignment with this, and it's this. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. That's from Harry Potter. (laughs) 
Uh, Albus Dumbledore says that to Harry. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if, only, if one only remembers to turn on the light. Turn on the inner light from within you that is love. You are the light. You are the light. You are the light. I am called to love. You are called to love. I am called to healing. You are called to healing. I am called to be. You are called to be. Celebrate the truth. Who you are called to be today and every day. Celebrate that truth of who you are called to be today and every day. Love only, forgive everything, and most importantly, remember who you are. Namaste. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.